Welcome to episode 273 of Live Happy Now. This is Paula Phelps thanking you for joining us again this week. In recent years, we've learned a lot about the profound transformative effect that empathy can have on us. This week's guest has been on a mission for more than a decade to help bring those powerful skills to children. Lisa Heslov is founder of Children Mending Hearts, an organization that combats bullying and intolerance by inspiring empathy in children. She uses art and other programs to do this, and her Los Angeles-based organization has now grown into a national movement. She's here to tell us a little more about it. Lisa, thank you for coming on Live Happy Now. Thank you so much for having me. What you're doing is really timely, and I know I've heard so much about the topic of empathy and how, as adults, we're lacking it. So I wondered what it is that made you interested in exploring the topic of empathy within children. I could probably give you a hundred answers, but I really, (laughs) truly, upon reflection, and if I'm being brutally honest, I was bullied very badly as a child. And I think that those memories stuck with me. But as I started to grow up, I didn't want them to stick with me in a negative way. I wanted them to stick with me in a way that I could exact change and I could teach other children how to be empathetic global citizens and how not to bully. And there were other choices. And so it was a personal decision and born out of my own childhood. That's real. I love the fact that, yeah, you make that story come full circle for you. But what is it that made you choose empathy as your path? Because so oftentimes when we hear about bullying, we try to educate the children. You know, we try to teach them what you can and can't say. So how did empathy become the vehicle for all of this? Because if I felt like we taught children how to be empathetic citizens, then they would be less likely to bully they would have compassion for others, even though they were different. I remember somebody telling me a story about having a pen pal that lived in Peru when they were very young, like from the ages of like eight to 10, and how they grew up having such a respect, never visiting Peru, but having such a respect for their culture and their environment. And I said, well, what did you learn from those letters and learning about this other child. And he said, well, I'll never go to war with Peru. I'll never have bad feelings about anybody I meet from Peru. And it just stuck with me. Like if we are all operating from place of empathy and kindness and compassion, just think of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Especially now that kids, our children, our children's children, are going to be that generation that literally grows up on the internet. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because there have been a lot of studies that show generationally we're losing empathy. And the more that we're connected to our devices, the less we're connected to people. And they're showing it registers an actual decrease in empathy that children and young adults are feeling. So did that factor at all into your mechanisms that you used for your platform? Yes, of course, because my daughter was, she's that first generation of children that grew up on social media. And we had to be very conscious in our parenting. We couldn't take everything away from her in terms of her devices or her screen time. We had to set clear boundaries and healthy boundaries and really 
instill upon her that it was very important to have those human relationships because on the internet, you can pretend to be anybody that you want to be. And you don't have to have human interaction and you're less likely to be, to be cruel to somebody else because it makes you feel better. So it could, because you're behind this keyboard, whereas, you know, really encouraging our kids that yes, we do understand that this is an age of social media, but also those human interactions and picking up the phone and actually calling somebody, you know, or having a dinner with friends, it's just as important as TikTok or Snapchat. Yeah. And what strikes me is you could have chosen an easier platform. I mean, this is a huge yeah. shift that you're trying to turn and yeah. your your website and all the initiatives are amazing and massive. How did you start putting all this together, like what kind of timeline has this been over and how have you come up with all these great resources? Well, I have a great team, but it took me about two years of research to sort of figure out like, how do you teach empathy? Well, the best way to teach empathy is through the arts. The best way to teach empathy is through teaching kids that are enjoying the activity that they're actually participating in. Empathy, so they don't even actually know that they're learning a tool or skill or a way of being or a way of living. It's sort of accidental learning. It happens by mistake, whether it's a book we read or an activity that we have them do for other kids or whether it's a role play. They don't even know they're learning empathy. They just come out of our classes and our programs. They're 22% higher chance of not dropping out. Their grades are better. They're not likely to bully. So we know that it works. But when I said 12 years ago, like, I'm going to start a foundation and I'm going to teach empathy and kindness, people thought I was nuts. (laughs) I imagine people weren't like, oh, that's a great idea. No, they weren't. (laughs) You were just ahead of your time. So fortunately. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just wasn't something at that particular point in time that was very interesting to people. But I think that as time has gone on, I think people do now understand our mission and it's become very, very important. And I think that's why organizations started to see a real sea change in the last few years because educators, they realized how helpful teaching empathy was with their kids and what great results they were seeing, sustainable results. So now I think people get it. But yeah, when I first started, you know, (laughs) Like, we need to find her a padded room someplace where she can go and rest. (laughs) They were going home and said, did you hear what she was talking about? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, you have a lot of different teaching tools. You've got these virtual story times, the art lessons. Can you talk about some of the different things that you offer on the website? Yeah, so as everybody has done, we provided, you know, after-school programs for many, many, many schools, and that has shifted. So we really had to pivot and we really had to create this online Zoom class, virtual learning. And so we created these classes where we were telling, reading stories, we were doing art projects together, we were giving them art projects to do with their parents and their family. And it's called I Choose Empathy. And then as a result of that, other organizations that didn't have our platform started asking us, hey, can you do our story time or can you do our Zoom classes? And so it's really just sort of taken off because 
It's a great way to continue our teaching and sort of follow the guidelines that the set forth by COVID. So we made another pivot. We started another take action, separate and together, because we were hearing about this community in Watts that was just getting ravaged by COVID. And it was just when sort of the the protests were beginning and women, somebody told me a story about a woman got an orange and she literally started crying because she couldn't oh, afford much fruit. And we just thought, gosh, we've got to do something, but we've got to keep it within our mission. So we've got to sort of create these empathetic acts that we're doing for the community. So we started 15 weeks ago with four SUVs full of food and now 14 weeks later and five volunteers and 14 weeks later we have upwards of 200 volunteers. Oh week. my gosh. We have semis of food arriving, clothing, diapers, wipes. We're taking over their online learning, just the real necessities, eggs, avocados, things that you and I don't don't take for granted are like gold. And so we've been able to feed about 2300 families per week down in Watts. That's amazing. Um, yes, and diapers and wipes and things that they can't afford now. So it's just been really astounding to see what I believe is the future of organizations, which is to see all these organizations coming together. You know, Jessica Alba's Honest Company gave us a bunch of wipes and Jessica Seinfeld gave us diapers and Tampex and hygiene products. But it's to see these organizations that have been around for a little while coming together to work because we've realized through, especially through March, that band-aids don't work anymore. We have to work together as one to come together, different organizations to try to create a sustainable community so that these people can rise up. And so for me, it's been my dream since I started CMH because we're all about partnerships. But for me, it's now seeing it come to fruition. And how have you seen the children change? Like the children go through your programs. Obviously, you're teaching them empathy. What kind of changes are you seeing in them? Well, in terms of our numbers, and because we were very sort of, I'm a kind of a stickler in terms of tracing our sustainability and our statistics. But we've seen our kids like 22% of our children are not dropping out of school, which is a great number. One in every three children is less likely to bully now. Our kids are actually coming to school more. They're enjoying this learning process. Our kids that go through our program are more likely to graduate. And there's less bullying and you can see it and you can see the change. And these kids that go through our program they take this lesson of love or whatever you want to call it. They take these tools and they take it home to their families. So their families are on the receiving end of what they learned in our classes. And so it's really been affecting families in such a fantastic way. And I really strongly believe that empathy should be a part of every curriculum taught in school every single day. Have schools been pretty open to that? Oh, Yeah. We were just providing after-school programming, and then one of the teachers was like, I'm seeing such a change, just as I think in Panorama City. She said, I'm seeing such a change in my students. I'm adding this into my curriculum. So I'm teaching this class twice a week during school hours. And the, the principal was, she was on board. I mean, and in Vegas, we did a workshop in Vegas, and they now have empathy classes. Every student has an empathy class. So it's been quite amazing. 
Man, that's just incredible because at a time when teachers are overburdened, for them to say, we will take on something else, how important that is to them. Yeah, exactly. There's such a divide in our country right now, and it's now more important than ever that we find a way to come together and have respect for each other and feel compassion and kindness. And it's not going to get any easier for us moms with our kids on social media. We're going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to be guarding the gate to really <laughs> force our kids to, you know, to have traditional childhoods because it's very serious. And there are a lot of great things about the internet and there are a lot of negative things about the internet. A huge spike in the last three years in suicides among children and they're getting mm-hmm. younger and younger. We had a young kid whose parents reached out to us. He was 10 years old killed himself because oh he was bullied. It's just a really important conversation to have right now. And how is it going to help as well in terms of the fear? I read something this morning and it was talking about the fear response in children right now is elevating because we've got racial tension going on. We've got everything with COVID. There's so much division within our country. And whether the parents think they're sharing that at home or not, the children are absorbing that. Worse. And so how can empathy help them handle some of that fear response? I have a lot of children that volunteer in Watts with me every week. And they have said to me from like the ages of nine upwards, they said to me, you know, this has changed my life. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. I think it's just up to us as adults to just be as honest as we can, age appropriately, of course. And really think about our responses to our kids and kids live what we do. So like my husband, my daughters are much older, but you know, we're always very conscious of how we live and how we treat each other. And especially during this time, we're like, this is a tough time. And yes, but this just wait, things are going to get better and you will see, and we're going to get through this. And that's kind of the impetus for our stronger together. It's like, we want to sort of put out in the universe that we may not be together right now, but in spirit, we will always be together and we will always help each other be strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of our message. And that's kind of what we're, the message we're giving to our kids is, you know, we got you. Right. You're going that's to be terrific. Because okay. that's going to fortify them and us again, if we go into another lockdown, if we hit this second wave as the fall and winter comes at us. You know, I I feel like you're really giving them, you know, something that sticks to their ribs and is going to help them get through these difficult times that we suspect are coming. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think it's just, they're our future. You know, Mm -hmm. it was really funny. My daughter graduated this year and I was the one that was actually depressed. And because she's been working for Children Mending Hearts since she was born. And basically since she was a toddler and I was like, I'm so sorry for you that you have to go through this. You're going to miss your senior retreat, your senior trip, your graduation. Like, she's like, mom, you don't understand. This is amazing. She said, we are the change. We are the future. She said, everybody has a graduation. Everybody has a senior trip. Everybody has a senior retreat. No one will ever be the class of 2020 again. We are special. I love your daughter. I know. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, who are you? (laughs) Where did you come from? No, but she taught me that. That's her perception of how special she is. She's like, we can vote. We will always be known as the change. We'll always be known as 2020. 
So I think it's just kind of how we live our lives. Our kids are going to see that and they're going to do what they see and live what they see. So that's kind of the, our mission as well at Children Mending Hearts is really we have to be role models for them. Mm-hmm. Now, can you tell us about the I Choose Empathy Challenge? I think this is really great, something that anybody can get behind. Oh, yes. So basically what we're doing is we're creating a challenge and I think we're giving away awards and we're giving away stuff, but we're really creating a toolbox so that young kids can go into their community like we have with Watts and they can create the same initiative with very little resources, if not any resources. That's such an empowering thing to do because it helps the community. And as you've noted, the change it brings about in the children who are doing that volunteer work to teach them at such a young age that I can make such a huge difference in the lives of others. is That's a gift that'll last them forever. Oh, I mean, the kids that we have volunteering for us, I mean, they, they're around hungry children. Mm-hmm. They're around children that are wearing clothes that are threadbare or were before we got there. They're around kids that haven't had access to proper medical attention or have seen a dentist. You know, they see how blessed they are and it feels good for them to give back. It empowers them just like it empowers me and empowers all of us. And that's a gift I think we forget to give our children. Like we don't think about the fact that we know how good volunteering is. There's many, many studies that show what it does for us mentally, physically, but we don't think about how that might affect our children too often. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, I do feel like I have been very blessed because my kids have grown up with children many hearts. And so they've grown up volunteering since they've been very young. And so if I hadn't founded Children Many Hearts, I, I would have still had them start at a very young age. I mean, my grandmother did it to me. She instilled it in me when I was three years old. I think it's just so important. And it's good for them. It's good for them, too. Not only the recipients, it's good for the kids that are giving back. Because mm-hmm. then they can, they're going to grow up giving back. Yeah. And that's going to really change our future as a community and as a country. Absolutely. So for people who are listening, what can be their next steps to get involved? I know we're going to have our landing pages going to give links so they can find you directly. And once they get to your site, where should they go? How do they get Yeah, started? I mean, they can go on the site in terms of like if they're interested in classes or interested in story time. They can go on the site if they're interested in separate together. They can go on the site if they're interested in what we're doing in Watts. I mean, somebody may have, like, I have seven cases of canned goods in my garage and I haven't known what to do with it. And, you know, it's sort of like you don't realize until you see. But, I mean, there's so many things. If they want to donate $10 so we can buy avocados and watermelon, fantastic. If they don't have the money, there are other things to do. So I would just send them to our site and let them sort of navigate around it. And you spend a little time there, you say, oh, that really resonates with me. Like, that's something that I'm involved in doing. Excellent. Lisa, yeah. I thank you for coming on today. This is such a powerful project that you have going. It's not a project, it's a movement. And, <laughs> and there's so many pillars to it that yeah. it's really exciting. I, I wasn't prepared that once I jumped on your site that I was going to end up spending so much time there because yeah. there are so many, so many roads to go down with this and you seem to have them all covered. So thank um, you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for spreading the word. And 
we're going to get through this. That was Lisa Hesloff, founder of Children Mending Hearts, talking about children and empathy. If you'd like to learn more about Lisa or her initiatives and learn how you can get involved, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. And a reminder to bring a little bit of happiness to your workday every day with the Live Happy Daily Happiness Briefing. Just enable this as a skill on your Amazon device and start your morning by saying, Alexa, give me my Live Happy Daily Happiness Briefing. That's all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.